Come one, come all to the After Dark Podcast. The podcast in which Sheriff Anthony does his best to wrangle Conrad through Westworld, one doggone episode at a time. So kick back and grab yourself some Apple Jack, or some Adam's Ale if that's your preferred poison, and get ready for these two wannabe cowboys to ramble the night away. Music was provided by the fantastic Nancy White and Jared Iscariot. Enjoy the show! Hello, and welcome to the After Dark Podcast. My name's Anthony, and that's Conrad. How are you, Conrad? Oh, I've done it Hello. again. I've done it. I'm just walking all over you today, Conrad. Just say, how are you, Conrad? You how are you? I don't stepped know, all over my, my part. Sorry, sorry. How are you, Conrad? Uh, I'm good. I'm going to say. Very tentatively, um, just in case I speak over you again. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm being very purposeful yeah. with my words to avoid having my... Uh, anyway, Conrad, my let's move on with it. ...under your bushel. <laughs> you suck. This is the end. This is the end. Of the, I can't work under these conditions. <laughs> all right, I apologize, everyone. How are you? How, how's uh, how's uh, life? life going? All right, yeah. To be honest, we like come up to the, uh, Christmas holidays, which uh, in a school, a secondary school, always means exams. Which uh, obviously uh, the pupils have to work hard, but for us, we just sit there and watch them and then get to mark the work. Uh, so it's not too hard. So I'm looking forward to that. And then Christmas holidays, uh, two children to buy for this time. Although there was last year too, but you know, the second child, child number two, was very very young so there was no need to care at all about what they get what what to get him oh well but you've got that committed to video now they'll they'll remember that they'll they'll watch this video in 10 years time and they'll be like oh i see that's how my parents felt about me in my first year of life yeah i should also put a little asterisk there i'm not you know i'm not getting the presents obviously um you know i'm telling santa what to get yeah. obviously 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 yeah 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 yeah, yeah. Yeah. So we're here to talk about Westworld. We're here to talk about Westworld. Uh, we haven't seen a Lapland yet. I would love to see a Lapland oh, in, in Westworld. That's, um, better, yeah, better than Warworld. That's what they need to do. It's, it'd be better than Warworld, 100%. It'd be better than Warworld. Um, but yeah, okay, so we're going to be talking about Westworld, Episode 2, Season 3. Um, now, Con- I was talking to Connor just before we started recording, and we were both a little bit annoyed. Like, obviously, I've seen this season before, but I can't remember, like, you know, what happens in each episode. I'm not that, that au fait with it, but how annoying it is to introduce us to this awesome like sci-fi um cyberpunk world last episode and then just take us straight back to what we had in season two yeah this was rough this was a rough episode um i i will admit that the um like the show it kind of saved itself because um of the reveal of kind of what's going on in Maeve's situation um towards the the end of the episode um but it's one of those weird things where it's like you can see the reveal coming. Admittedly, I didn't see it coming immediately. Um, there's a there's a change of aspect ratio which normally I'm quite good at spotting, but I didn't for whatever reason in this. So I didn't I didn't kind of figure out what was going on until probably about halfway through the episode. Yeah. But it's it's one of those. It's an odd situation. I don't know how you feel about this in television, but when a episode of television or a movie or whatever is written in service of a twist in the narrative, forgetting mm-hmm. that the narrative up until that point still needs to be fun and engaging in order to make it a good thing um Mm -hmm. and Maeve wandering around meeting characters who I didn't like in the first place um and (laughs) and uh like kind of not really doing anything of importance didn't really entertain me in any way I have to say okay yeah well how I kind of feel about it is (laughs) 
I think they kind of wanted to recapture a bit of the first season a little bit, or yeah. second season even, when it, with the war world and like Hector being on his loop and yeah. uh, and going along with him through that storyline. The problem is is that you're only devoting about ten minutes of an episode to it, twenty minutes of an episode. Yeah. So therefore, you're not getting the richness that you would get like in season one, where you had all the different loops and we were engaged in the storyline of the hosts, not only the uh, the humans as well. So they're trying to have a little shell of what the, what they had in the past if you want to make another another show like Westworld but called Warworld go and do that spend a whole season well, I'm sure I'll get engrossed in the storylines but this for 10 minutes it just feels like an echo yeah. of what we've seen before but, uh, and there was no real emotional weight to like the the, the at the plane, for example, when Hector's getting shot, like there's no, yeah. I have no emotional weight there whatsoever. Yeah, and, and I think you're absolutely right. I think like if you want to do your first episode of Westworld again, where you're like, oh, look at this rich uh, world that we've created with all these different narratives going on, do that, make that episode. Um, mm-hmm. But they didn't do that, and and as a result, um, it felt very narrow. It's like when I look at War Worlds, and I, I guess I guess mm-hmm. this is kind of the point because it's a simulation, presumably devoted to Maeve um, mm-hmm. but but when you look at it from the outside as, as a viewer of a television show it's like I don't really understand how any other story could conceivably be happening in this world it's like there's the stolen yeah. plans there's a bunch of Nazis in the town square threatening to shoot people to bring back the plans it's like okay that's literally the only narrative that's going on here so it's not that exciting it doesn't feel very very broad the one thing I will say um because I don't want to just dump on this episode entirely, is that um, I did enjoy the sort of Indiana Jones esque uh, score that they had for um, for for the, for the War World bits. Those were very those were very good. Um, and uh, as they were running away, I was put in mind of Julian Glover in um, in in uh, the Last Crusade, uh, being like Germany has declared war on the Mave Boys as they as they're like running as uh, her and Hector are running the, away. No, to the Mave Boys. The Mave Boys. Well, there we go. Yeah. Um, that ties in perfectly. Well, they, I mean, he says the Jones boys in uh, the Last Crusade. Obviously, oh, okay. But... Well, I missed that, and then therefore I'm I'm a fool. No, there's Sorry, no guys. there's I'm no one called Maeve um, in uh, the Last Crusade. Unfortunately, um, are you sure? I mean, there probably is. If I mean, if you take in <laughs> one of the background every com- is, is I mean, they start Maeve. yeah, they start in America and then they go to Germany. So I mean, there's probably someone called Maeve in one of those countries in 1938 <laughs> or whenever the Last Crusade is set. Um, but yes, so I did enjoy that. I enjoyed the setting. I would have loved a bit more. Um, I, I would have uh, loved a bit more of uh, t- time spent in the in the world um, and the. Okay, maybe you could explain this to me. So, so Hector gives them both a pill when he first turns up, mm. which I took to mean it's like a cyanide pill or yeah. something, you know, it's to kill yourself. And then Maeve jabs it into a guy's eye, and I don't understand any of that <laughs> at all. What do I you don't... mean? It's a pill. Okay, so if I go like this, uh, I, listen, I know it's a television show, I know we have to suspend our disbelief a bit, yeah. but if I go like this towards your eye, you're not just going to be like leave your eye open so I can jab a <laughs> pill into it. You're going to close your eye and the pill is not going to enter your eye and you're just going to be like, ow, you just poked me in the eye. You're not... <laughs> like, And I don't think cyanide pills just immediately dissolve into like your ocular cavity. <laughs> like, Although, remember, they have to be left to be cracked open by your teeth so that obviously inside just powder. Oh, I so guess she's so, like obviously yeah. putting it in, her eye, in his eye and then cracking it to... Uh, to put the lethal dose of cyanide into his eye it was just you are right it, so uh, it is hard to get something into someone's eye uh, that is hard um i think it is stupid um a lot of the war world stuff is stupid yeah. having said that part of me i like i like a bit of cheese to be honest with you and i like whenever hector goes uh like in this 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 narrative it did, it did make me think actually like i 
it would be cool to see another world with a depth of a season one. They're not going to do that. Maybe they'll reboot it oh, in twenty yeah. years or something. But but like whenever he like revealed the car and he's like a, a woman of your stature needs whatever whatever and he reveals the car, this real big cheesy moment. Yeah. I, I, like I kind of like that. Oh, I know. I like that stuff though. Like I mean, I wanted yeah. I what I I'm not I don't want her jabbing a pill and it just feels like a dumb moment <laughs> that someone who has never been in a fight in their life wrote. It, like I want. It's yeah. like someone punching a Nazi and it to make the Indiana Jones like Krish! sound effect as they do it. Like that's what I want from Warworld. Don't Yeah, they, they should actually have they should have people like behind the scenes clicking the sound effect yeah, buttons because yeah. they're trying to make it like one of those films. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, that, that would be great. But uh here's a question for you. Did you uh believe that Hector was of his old mind at oh. all? They got me so many times in this episode. I was like, <laughs> I was watching that opening, and I was like, honestly, Hector is dealing with this change of scenery very well. And then, and then, um, then uh, obviously, it's revealed that he's just been speaking in vague, deliberately vague dialogue to conceal the fact <laughs> yeah. that he doesn't know what's going on. And I, and uh, I had to hold my hands up, and be like, fair enough. Fair enough, you got me. Uh, and, then, and then the same thing happened later with uh, Felix, Sylvester, and Lee. Where, but I mean, in that situation, I was I was a furious. So like, I was I was. I, it wasn't a fun revelation. It was it was anger. So yeah, the, the, the weird thing is like, okay, it eventually comes out that this is all a simulation. Maeve yep. really figures it out because obviously the fact that Lee Sizemore is back. Uh, for, for a split second, I even forgot it was a simulation. I'd seen it before, and yeah. I saw him. And I was so angry at seeing him. Yeah. Um, but no, he is. It's a simulation. Uh, I, okay, we've talked before about retrospective world building. I just want to add this in before we talk about the simulation overall. Um, they seem to have added a new thing in. Now, tell me if this is a thing in the past. Maybe it was. Maybe we just didn't pay enough, enough attention to it. But twice in this episode, when a character um, reveals that they are a host or a host or a simulation, they start to stutter heavily. Yeah. Um, has that been something that's ha- like did ben- when Bernard found out that he stutter? I don't seem to remember him being like, but 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 I don't, no, I don't, I don't seem to remember so. that. It's it's like it's very inconsistent with that. I mean, you've got like uh, uh, the James Delos um, host who mm-hmm. um, would eventually start to kind of cognitively break down, who did stuff like that, and you've got uh, Peter Abernathy who acted like that as well. But I I feel like it's. I don't feel like there's kind of an in-universe law reason why that happens. I feel like the actors are just directed to do it sometimes, and that's what we yeah. that's what we get with Lee uh, here. Um, yeah, it depends it, on who the director of the episode is. Yeah, yeah exactly. So. Um, but I think it's uh, I think all this is kind of dumb, um, and the, the the dumbest thing of uh, oh wait, hold on, I'm gonna cough. I'm still working through illness, folks. I'm still I'm still trucking through. He's um, doing it. He's doing it. So the 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 dumbest thing about the simulation is um, Lee bargaining with Maeve that he can help her find her daughter. He can like direct her to the the forge where her daughter is. Because I thought the whole, I know it's a simulation, but the whole point of season the end of season two is that they you know bring all the host consciousnesses into this simulation within the forge and then beam it to fucking Saturn or something so that no one can mess with it and no one knows where it is so even though it's a simulation someone outside of the simulation must have written or or, you know otherwise coded uh, this narrative so that someone tries to bargain with me by saying oh we can get your daughter back um yeah, and yeah. and like, but the whole point is, no one knows about that because everyone who knows about it is either dead or made sure it got beamed to Saturn to hide it from the rest of humanity. So who the fuck is writing that? 
Maybe it'll be revealed. I love it. Like Felix and Sylvester are the other the masterminds of Westworld now. Oh, imagine! Um, like they just fail. I mean, Sylvester definitely would because he's he's a middle aged white man, so he'll just fail upwards (laughs) in in Westworld. Uh, Felix will never be promoted, despite being the more competent of the two. (laughs) Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, Right. Okay. The simulation overall. Here's what my question to you. I, I kind of liked, like, as stupid as it was, I kind of liked how Maeve escaped. Like, you're having cameras of the outside world with, from within the simulation. Yeah. And, like, getting a robot to go over and take her brain nut out of there. Yeah. Um, also, of course, it's, you know, Westworld style to, to make the machines holding the brain nuts and everything. And, and this, this the server room to yeah. be way too, too overcomplicated. Um, <laughs> there's a lot of wasted space there. A lot of wasted well, space. Well, I mean, okay, uh, so I mean, there's there's two things I'll say about that. The initial sequence where Maeve like plants the um plants the the, the plans on all of the all of the hosts, um, mm. and uh, then you get the they've done it before, but but normally it's in camera when they do it, like all the hosts freezing, um, and a couple of people still moving around. I think that's normally done in camera, which means they don't do like crazy camera moves with it because. Um, because it would probably reveal like people moving, or or, or, or like they probably there probably is some like mm. CGI trickery to to keep them still. But the the uh, sort of three sixty um, sequence where um, everyone freezes and Maeve is still walking around um, looked amazing. That was really really cool. Mm-hmm. I thought um, it reminded me of the bit with Quicksilver in days of future past the x-men movie i think where he's one like, of those ones, where he's like running around like knocking bullets out of the air with his fingers and stuff that I thought that was... which doesn't make any sense because his music is the right uh speed did you notice um, uh yeah that's his, a good he point. puts his earphones on and starts listening to music but really he'd be listening to that's true maybe he like projects his field of speed <laughs> outwards his field of speed yeah, yeah. <laughs> listen you can't get it they can time travel in like the super speed people in in marvel and dc can time travel so we just we we simply can't interrogate how their powers work because it'll make no sense but um yeah so that's really cool um i love the i love the camera work for that i thought it looked great um i like the bit with her you know poking the bullet out of the out of the way of Lee. Yeah, and then Lee, when she did that, Lee blinked, and I was like, he's not frozen. Yeah. I like, even remember the first time I watched it, I was like, he's not frozen. And thank God he wasn't, because I was like, that would be the worst frozen acting I've ever seen. Yeah, in my it life. didn't look great. It did not look great. So I'm glad. I mean, that was another case of them being. So the first was Felix and Sylvester turning up, and I was like, how the fuck are they not fired? This is outrageous. And then Lee turning up and being alive, and I was getting more and more angry. And then they, you know, they revealed that he was a host or it's a simulation or whatever. And I was like, fair enough with that. But then Lee turning up again here, I was, I was starting to get angry again. Like, he's clearly not frozen and i i felt yeah, like yeah. this episode was full of like bait and switches that were designed to make me angry yeah well yeah it was definitely 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 a lot of bait and switches um now the one i want thing i want to talk about last week in the comments a couple of people were talking about war world and yeah. how you know how stupid it's gonna be when you've realized there's planes and everything yeah and like surely the sound of heavy artillery can be heard from Westworld and stuff like this yeah here's my <laughs> now we're all we're all slagging it off right but here's my question to you which I've just thought about watching this episode a second time. Is Warworld actually real, or is it only in the simulation? No, I, I think it's just in the simulation. I think that, yeah. like, that was kind of what I was slagging off about it last week, was like, why would anyone go here? It doesn't make any sense. Like, how are you going to conceal you know, planes and artillery and all that stuff um, from all the people in the other parks? And I think the answer is, it doesn't exist here. My, my interpretation... So initially throughout this episode, I was like, once I figured out that it was a simulation, which happened pretty much as soon as Lee turned up, because I was like, there's no way. There's no way yeah. that they bring him uh-huh. back. Um, 
I was like, okay, so who who is who is in possession of the simulation, and what are they trying to trying to analyze about May's behavior? Yeah, what is it about? Like, yeah, what is the simulation? And my my first thought was it was probably like Charlotte because there's like there's this whole like Charlotte slash Dolores. Well, yeah, Charlotte host Charlotte. Um, because mm-hmm. I'm still. Well, okay, so there's there's two there's two things that kind of compounded that for me. One is that the 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 sort of compound that we see once Maeve escapes the simulation with uh, with Vincent Cassell uh, being mm-hmm. being villainous in in, uh, in in that way that only he can do um, looks very similar to like the compound that we saw Dolores Bernard and Charlotte turn up at at the end of season two, where they had like one of the host. Um, you know, host. wasn't that Arnold's old house? I think that's it. Might, it old, might have been, house. yeah. But it, the, the architecture yeah. looked very similar to me. Um, yeah. Maybe it's same not, sort of place, but, yeah. But it definitely seemed similar. So, um, so that that makes makes me think that um, that that's part of what made me think that Charlotte was um, was involved. I, mm-hmm. The fact that the that um, Vincent Cassell's character, whose name I didn't actually catch. Oh, that's right. He said it, and I wrote down Serac. Engelrod Serac is what I wrote down, and I was like, that can't be right. That cannot. Engelrond. Be right. It's. I think it's Engelrond okay. Serac. I'm gonna call. I, him, I'm gonna call him Engelrod from now on because. Well, yeah, we did hear the name Serac in the last episode. Yeah. I think that it was implied that uh, the woman from Guardians of the Galaxy, Pom Clementiev or something, whatever her name is. Yeah. Um, it, it was implied that she was like the representative of him. Oh, okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I mean, that was that's kind of what's confused and intrigued me at the end of this episode is that i'm fairly sure we saw bernard uh, charlotte and dolores turn up here at the end of season two but the way that uh the, the, the serac guy talks about um what he wants from mave implies that there is going to be that he's actually working against delos um and um and uh what should i call it the um insight or not necessarily working against insight but he has a tenuous a relationship yeah. with insight so well, yes, I, it says that it's. He said that he, Serac <coughs> said that he he created like he was part of the creation of the thing that's uh, that means that everyone you know nothing is unpredictable. Mm. Um, so I assume you know you would assume he's talking about Rehoboam there. Um, so therefore, he's one of the ones who created Rehoboam. So is he like related to that guy Liam from the last episode, or how's that work? Um, well, I mean, I think they have a a business arrangement of some sort, but I think. It, it, my my hope is that, based on the fact that the first episode was almost entirely cyberpunk, and one of the mm-hmm. core tenets of cyberpunk is mega corporation like kind of corporate espionage with murders and stealing secrets and all sorts. Yeah. Um, that's what I think's kind of going on here. So they are in theory working together, but in practice they're all backstabbing each other constantly. Um, what what I'm hopefully in, I mean. Yeah, God willing. What I'm interesting uh, interested in though here is is how Dolores Bernard and Charlotte kind of play into this because I unless I've misunderstood something at the end of season two they all appeared to be on the same side or at least they were mm-hmm. coexisting in the same place, um, possibly this place. So something has happened. Um, unless they're going to do some wild thing where it's like the end of season two is actually the end of season three and uh we're, we haven't gotten to that point yet which would be kind of nuts because they didn't that's a real now you haven't seen it and one day potentially i'll make you watch it but um and i will make you watch it one day maybe when we're like 50 uh lost yeah there's a there's a particular ending of a season of lost which is actually the end of the next season oh okay that that is actually something that isn't lost okay well i mean it Maybe it could be something like that. Then that would be kind of nuts if they. Um, I I don't believe that that uh, that uh, Joy and Nolan 
have the foresight to write the end of the next season of television in the current season of television. No, no they can't even write the end of the first no. season they're working on. Like no. this, this, this is so full of retrospective changes. Yeah. It's every season they think they they get around the table and write. What do we feel like making this year? Yeah, like, and then there's like what there's one guy in the corner just like, oh, that doesn't actually make sense with what we did in the last season. And they're just like, quiet, Roy, stop <laughs> yeah. ruining things with your with your pedantry. Uh, We're George Lucasing it. We're George Lucasing it. Yeah. Who cares? Um, so I, I, I may, if they don't explain that, that's going to be really annoying to me because at the end of the season, it, it, and like last season, it was implied that they're all together. Bernard kind of realised that he shouldn't have killed Dolores because she was kind of right. Um, or there was a middle ground uh, between their ideas. You know, Dolores didn't want humans to get a hold of the forge. Bernard didn't either, and they arrived mm-hmm. at the conclusion to send them to space or wherever the hell they sent them. Um, and that was my interpretation of the end of season two, was that like he had kind of come round to being like, okay, I shouldn't have killed her, we should have talked this one out. Charlotte, Bernard and Dolores on the same team. And now we find Maeve being sent to kill Dolores. Uh, yep. Charlotte is actively trying to hunt down both Dolores and Bernard, I think. And it's just... Bernard going back to Westworld for some reason. I, I, th- I, think, I think that... Um... Potentially, like potentially, it is a bit weird that the start of the third season compared to where Bernard was before. You are right. There's, there, there would seem to be some something missing there, and maybe, like I know that Bernard was starting to have little flashbacks in this, so maybe we're going to see that through that. Yeah. Or you know, or maybe it's going to be another timeline thing because they be. have always had split timelines yeah. uh, within the first two seasons. Maybe that's something they realized that they should just stop trying to do because the second season was so much worse than the first. Well, yeah, they just, they just do fucked that. it up so badly in that second season. But I mean, mm. it wouldn't surprise me if they were like, right, we had two timelines like it wouldn't it wouldn't surprise me they got around the table for writing season three and they said right we had two timelines effectively in season one technically they had more than that but really you had the the william timeline and you had the present day timeline two and then some flashbacks yeah and i wouldn't surprise me if they're like let's simplify it let's just have two timelines here and and have kind of tried to do that so maybe that's what they're doing um until until bernard is kind of in scenes with other characters we know uh, we we won't know for sure. Although he was in some scenes with old uh, with old Stubbsy, this uh, old, yeah old Stubbs, who I will admit Stubbs. I didn't remember the name of Stubb off the old block. But he Ashley Stubbs. Now I will I'm going to admit something, guys. And you know we've already mentioned me being a fool once in this episode. I may be a fool overall. I've seen the season season three of uh, Westworld once. I never rewatched it. Um, I personally didn't remember that Ashley Stubbs is indeed a host. So at the end of the, the, the last season, it might have been looked like I was like sort of like, you know trying to quell Conrad's theories by being like, oh, but maybe, maybe not, maybe, maybe not. Um, when Conrad realized he was a host, I completely forgot that he was. So I was like, in my head, I was like, oh, because uh, it's such a B plot at the minute, you yeah. know what I mean? So I just I just kind of forgot that. And I, I knew that he ended up like protecting Bernard, but yeah. like, I, I didn't remember that it was because his core function was changed and stuff like I did I really did not I didn't remember that I don't know how I just didn't remember that at all yeah um I like that though I like that uh that change I think they waited lo- they waited the right amount of time to reveal this because there was a, there was a point in time where it could have just been too many people were turning out to be hosts yeah now if you look back at and I, it's funny because uh I laughed as well whenever the Lee Sizemore came out and then she started saying that he's a host or he's a simulation and in my head I was like how funny would it be if this wasn't a simulation and he's a host too because I think it it turns out like literally nearly fifty percent of the characters we met at the very beginning of the show. I think I think all it's, of them are. I'm trying to think of any characters who aren't. I mean, well, they're either dead or they're hosts. All the ones left, you mean? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Like, so I mean, it's like... 
It's not. Well, I suppose uh, Man in Black. I suppose is kind of is kind of sort of. Oh, the jury. Those... The jury's still out on him. He got shot so many times last season that I'm like, he must yeah. be a host. He must be. I just want to say as well, like uh, there were comments last week asking why uh, we haven't still talked about the after credit scene of season two. Um, Conrad, have you actually watched it yet? <laughs> uh, no. I still have a... Remind me what happens in it, and then I'll and then we'll talk about it. Uh, you haven't you haven't seen it. Um, it's. Uh, Basically, the man in black. I, I'm not going to get into the details of it. You should watch it, but um, basically, the man in black is just very much questioning his own uh, reality, and he ends up being uh, in like a. It's 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 really similar. It's almost like he's in a facility where they're asking him questions similar to oh, what okay. he would have asked uh, Scottish. Jim, I'm making a know? note. I'm putting it down in my notes. Watch post credit sequence of season two. I promise I will do it, and then we'll talk about it next week. Well, hopefully the man in black's in next week's episode, and then it will make sense to talk about it before we start. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, but you know, there we go. Yeah. Uh, I will say uh, the, the, the stub stuff, right? Stub mm. stuff. I think it's cool that he tried to like you know off himself because he had finished what he thought was his prime directive. Yeah. Um, I, I don't. I would like a little bit more detail about how he actually came to realize he's a host. Um, that would be pretty cool. Um, yeah. Uh, also, I think there's a real weird, weird line where they haven't really done much explanation and i like i'm like a detail as you know detail oriented person i want to know what the difference is when they're programming a host to be in the real world and to deal with hosts how the hell do they program into them that they won't eventually figure out that they're a host you know what i mean yeah they're they're not just making them in their storylines in a fictional world they're putting them in the real world and and then having them think they're a real person there must be so much complicated code going into that to make them not realize they're a host all the time. Well, they're, they're also, I mean, you know, not just interacting with hosts, but I, I think, you know, within Westworld or, or any of the, you know, Shogun World, whatever, like you have a self-contained ecosystem so you can isolate mm. them from advertisements for Westworld, you know, stuff that's like, yeah, we have AI and robots and they're wandering around. Um, whereas, like, yeah, if you're putting them in the real world, it's like, well, they're going to yeah. see that stuff. You know, that if I was walking around a world where it's like, come check out these lifelike robots, I'd be like, wait, <laughs> am I a robot? Like, you know, like, yeah, yeah. What, it, it, you know, you start asking these kind of existential questions when you're exposed to these ideas, which are far far easier to, um, to keep your hosts away from if they're all in, you know, the 1890s or whenever Westworld is set. Um, so yeah, it's like everyone, everyone thought that they were in the Truman Show. You know, everyone thinks all the time. Yeah, exactly. And th- you it's know, like, there's been like more our, than yeah. one day where I've woken up and been like, "Am I in the Matrix?" So you yeah, know, yeah, that's yeah, and yeah. that wouldn't have happened if I hadn't seen the Matrix. So uh, you know, well, you know, except except if you're the Wachowskis, they're the ones who did it. But I, I'll I'll say I'll say this right. I do actually uh, think that I'm in the Truman Show. No, I'm just kidding. But <laughs> I I when I remember when I was 12 when I came from Australia over to uh, Ireland. I remember really thinking that i was in the truman show like i'd seen the truman show like three months before we left and i and i and i remember really believing it and i was like in my head i was like geez ratings must be going down they need to change the scene the family moves to ireland all right here we go i mean how do you how do you like how do you marry that with flying like three thousand miles or however far it is from australia to Ireland? well i think they just put us in a plane and then just like had (coughs) had it circling it the shaking it for a full day while they traded out the sets right okay sure um and the funny the funny thing is now uh, this is just my adult adult retrospection now when we moved uh to the town that we live in northern ireland 
uh, we didn't leave it for two and a half years. I swear to God, we didn't leave it for two and a half years. Oh, they were years. building the set around you. That's what they were doing. Yeah, finally, my mom let me join a football team outside the town, and then we started going there. But before that, I just I don't know why. We just didn't go anywhere. Yeah, okay. Well, I mean, I'm happy to occupy the uh, role of... Um, I wouldn't be Ed Harris in the, in the Truman Show. I'd be like his... Um, I can't even remember the actor's name. His his shitty friend who takes him out on, onto the docks to drink and re- reminisce about his, his, his dad. That'd be, that's <laughs> yeah. my role. Um, yeah. I, I wanted to say one more thing about the sub stuff because I've been pretty harsh on him as a character. Um, and okay. I, I will say right up front that uh, I still don't think he is a character. I think he's the most underwritten person in the show. He has... Yeah. He, uh, he, they've had opportunities... They, they alluded to that. They alluded to that here. He yeah, have they any did. Cra- any any uh, confusing backstory. They, they did, but like it. lampshading your own bad writing is yeah, yeah. is not gonna fucking pass muster with me, Westworld. All right, you, like you don't get to be like we've done nothing for this guy, and then be like we're gonna turn it into a plot point. Like great, <laughs> yeah, okay, yeah. would have been good if maybe you'd have just written something for him instead. But whatever, um, yeah. self-referential. Uh, it's terrible. Yeah, exactly. Like you don't. It doesn't lampshading your own bad choices doesn't like excuse the bad choices. But uh, yeah, mm. so there's two cool things he does in this which i was like all right that's pretty fucking cool um so the bit where he spits out the bullet i was like that's great i love that yeah. and there was a moment and i want to know how many takes this took where um where he cocks his pistol and then catches the shell casing of the bullet that he shot into his own mouth i was like all right that's yeah. pretty fucking cool what you just did there i'm on board stubs with that was cool yeah i agree with you that was cool um like you know the lesser hemsworth obviously he's taking a few tips from his brothers you know he's he's uh He's getting better. You know, he's getting I, a bigger, bigger I'm going to put him... Ab- Wait, hold on. Which one is this? It's definitely not Chris. I don't remember the other's Luke. name. Luke. Luke. I'm going to put him above Liam now, actually, based purely on I think, that. I think Miley Cyrus probably would too. Um, <laughs> but, are, they, are, they, are they an item? X's. X's. Oh, okay. Nice. Yeah. Um, uh, unless, unless they're still together, I have no idea. But Li- uh, Liam Hemsworth, yeah, no, I've no, never seen in anything well. good. I've never seen Liam Hemsworth do something where I was like, that was fun, whereas... Well, the Hunger Games was a big thing. I don't. But he obviously, I didn't really, I didn't like the Hunger Games, but but it's something that he did. I didn't even realize big. he was in the Hunger Games, to be honest. Luke Hemsworth is going to be in um, uh, the new Thor film too. I think we mentioned this before. Actually, oh, really? he's going to be uh, he's reprising his role as actor Thor. <laughs> that's <laughs> just be. Yeah, that's yeah. quite fun. I, I like. I, I can. I can get on board with that. But uh, yeah, I, I think. Uh, I think Liam Hemsworth is is kind of like uh, he strikes me as like the man Hollywood calls when they can't afford Chris Hemsworth. Um, whereas whereas Luke yeah. Hemsworth doesn't really look like them, so maybe he gets slightly more distinct roles as a result. Yeah, no, he's doing all right. He's doing all right. It's, I, I always find <coughs> things funny when so many of a family get into an industry. Yeah. I, I like. Is it? This is what I, I'm always skeptical of. This. Obviously, nepotism is a huge thing in every oh, yeah. in every walk of life. But is it because like which one became famous first, and is it because they were famous that the other ones got roles, or is it that they all just broke through at the similar time? Like I always wonder with this, like we're little brothers or whatever. Like all the scars guards, obviously that's nepotism. But how how does this happen? You know, I mean, I think it is nepotism, but it's also, I mean, you can't really avoid the fact that they're all very good looking, and like as soon as one of them got their break. They'd be like, "There's others. There's more of him," uh, and then yeah, yeah, they'd be yeah. like, "Well, you know, he's not as good, but we'll put the other ones in the Expendables or whatever." You know, they just uh, once the name's out there, Hollywood, yeah, like, Hollywood exactly. And also, like, who else is there? You know, you're not going to have Simon Quartem and Lee Sizemore as your main main guy in an action film. It's no. got to be Hemsworth, like you know. No, it reminds me of when you see, um, oh shit, what's his name? The guy from uh, Malcolm in the Middle, Frankie Muniz. Uh, there was an action yeah. film that he was like the lead of, released a couple of years ago, and it's the most ridiculous movie poster I've ever seen. Agent Cody Banks 5, <laughs> The Return. <coughs> oh, God, imagine. 
Oh, Hades, Age of Cody Banks, like that was my jam when I was about thirteen years old. Reboot that Cody film. Banks. Uh, that's what I'm saying. They need, they need Frankie Muniz needs to be in more stuff. But I think he's been actually. I think he's been through a bit of troubles to be honest with you. Yeah, but I think um. He has. Okay, so the last uh, thing I wanted to talk about was the fact that there's no Dolores in this episode. Now, yep. we had a few episodes in season two with no Dolores. Maybe even season one, we had one of them as well. She's clearly the main character of the show. And yet, uh, they have so many episodes without her. Just when, again, she was back to being the good guy. We were on her side last episode. And then all of a sudden, no Dolores. Yeah. Too early in the season for that? Um, I mean, I think it's too early in the season for them to abandon what was clearly the best part of the first episode at full stop, which yeah. included Dolores. But I think um, she'll 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 be back. She'll be back. Like, um, she, it wouldn't surprise be. me if the next episode begins with her waking up in Aaron Paul's house, um, being you know swaddled in in rags and cared for by this uh, by this damaged <laughs> human. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. So I'm gonna get make a, make a prediction. Okay. Do you think it will happen? And if so, when will it happen? Uh, that Aaron Paul finds out that she's a host. Um, mm, that's interesting because there's there's ways that you mm-hmm. could do that narrative um, with it going either way. Um, particularly if they want it to be sort of a tragic, doomed romance, um, which feels like what Aaron Paul specialises in. To be honest, um, I'm I'm gonna say no. I think he's gonna die without ever finding out that she's a host. I think he's going to die as a result of her host-related stuff, um, but he's never okay. going to know that she was. So that's your big prediction for um, episode... Uh, well, not, no, episode That'll be for this three. season, yeah, yeah. You think that Aaron Paul's going to die. Okay, um, fair enough, all right. And without ever knowing. I think we can have them as two different theories. Okay. Like, you know, never knowing and dying. Uh, we'll, we'll give you some points there. But, okay, so the Aaron Paul situation is very interesting to me. So you think there is going to be some sort of r- uh, romantic uh, thing going on here? I, uh, I'm i hesitant to say is it's Dolores be... not too much of a supremacist at this point? Uh, yeah, but, I mean, she's vulnerable now, isn't she? It's got the whole, like, wounded soldier syndrome. Like, he's going to nurse her back to health. Um, I, I'm reluctant to say I definitely think it will be romantic, but I think they're certainly going to find an emotional connection with each other. Um, you know, mm-hmm. Dolores will help... Uh, I've forgotten his character's name now. That's the problem with them jumping around like this. Caleb. Caleb, Caleb. that's it, yeah. Um, I think she's definitely going to help Caleb find um, some peace in because he's clearly not happy um, with his, mm-hmm. his, his place in the world. And I think for his part, Caleb is maybe going to convince Dolores that um, hashtag not all humans are uh, are bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So he, yeah, he's going to fill that role of, of humanizing humans. Yeah, uh, he's going to be he's, he's going to be the Lee Sizemore um, to her Maeve <laughs> in this. Except um, he's going to be well written and well acted, and not a complete fucking joke of a character. <laughs> Yeah, and hopefully as well, he actually sees through the storyline because they started like that was Felix in season one, and then all of a sudden they were like, "We got nothing for Simon Quarter to do. Quarter yeah. to do. Let's let's give him uh, let, let's 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 give him what Felix was up to in first season." So hopefully that's that's the case, but we'll see. Yeah. Um. Well, there we there we go, guys. Uh, if you have any questions, let us know. Uh, we'll either address them within the episode or or answer them. Uh, down below underneath in the comment section so thanks very much for watching Connor. any last thoughts before we go um just get back to the cyberpunk guys please i'm begging you like um, yeah. or, or just commit to like one world just do that and do it well because you it started so well so I, i'm hoping they go back to it 
Yeah, well, it looks like um, Maeve is going to be going out into the into the into the world. If, they, they needed to have some sort of thing to show how she got out of the the world. If, if they know? if they put all of that effort, this is another Shogun World situation potentially, where they like put so much effort into like realizing this this world. It's like, oh, this is so cool, and then they do nothing with it, and then it's just like never seen again. And it's like. Come well, on. it's it's a sim it's a simulation. Uh, so probably are we aren't ever going to see, see yeah, that again. That's true. I mean, and and, so it, that, and the implication the... is we don't get the dragon world either as well. It's like Game of Thrones exists within this uh, this simulation apparently. Yeah, it's it's actually a right. It's actually yes, yes. We need to talk about that before we go. Is is the the uh, the the game? They like, obviously they they rang up. Uh, you know the Game of Thrones people and said, "Here, can we use your assets? We want a dragon in our show." Um, and then a little hint to the HBO uh, partnership. And then also yeah. you have David and Dan, the uh, the showrunners, now uh, highly demonized showrunners of uh, of Game of Thrones, appearing, talking about how they're going to get the host dragon to Costa Rica. Yeah, if you look closely, you can actually see them taking a shit on the uh, on the dragon as well, which is uh, <laughs> a portent for the future of Game of Thrones. <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah, it was a bit bit weird to be honest with you. That little cameo. Yeah, I, I thought was... it. I thought it was odd, but you know, apparently they insisted. They said, "No, no, we need to. We need to shit all over this." Yeah, but the you know, the, th- the thing is though. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Uh, <laughs> still not as weird as uh, at least Ed Sheeran didn't appear. That's oh, all we can say. Fuck. We can't. We can't talk about Ed Sheeran in Game of Thrones on this podcast because I will. <laughs> I will murder someone. <laughs> all right okay well we don't want that to happen uh right guys well let us uh let us know if you have any comments on that sort of thing thanks very much for watching um as always we are the afterlife podcast on audio apps and we are also uh the culture cave on youtube thanks very much for watching and we'll catch you next time goodbye goodbye, goodbye.